Conathor. We probably just about deserve the chip. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. Good evening, it's the jewel in the crown of the domestic footballing calendar, the third round of the FA Cup. And while some have questioned, it, questioned its significance in recent years, after this weekend, they may want to reconsider their thoughts. For both sides of the Steel City, it's providing a welcome break from their pursuit for promotion. Joe Hadfield here with United at Millwall and Wednesday's game with Newcastle on the way. George Barber is with me. Evening, George. Good evening. And Josh Chapman will be along very shortly to bring you United reaction as well. We'll also have the regional results unpredictable and a look ahead to Wednesday at Wickham and United against Stoke on Saturday. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Football Forum. We're back at Shoe, still focusing on red and two shades of blue. This is Football Forum. And it's live. So a very good evening to you, 18 minutes past five on this Wednesday evening and a happy new year to you because it's the first show from us in 2023 and hope you had a good Christmas as well. So no prizes for who's up first then this week. Sheffield Wednesday, they were handed a huge tie. Newcastle United, third in the Premier League, live at Hillsborough and live on BBC One. Um, let's run you through the action over the new year period and that tie as well. Um, and... Well, two games in League One over the New Year period and two victories, two clean sheets, a 2-0 victory against Port Vale. And then um, on the New Year weekend, a 5-0 thumping of Cambridge United. Josh Windass with a hat-trick there. Michael Smith with four goals in two ga uh, games there. The FA Cup third round tie itself. An amazing 2-1 victory for Sheffield Wednesday. 0-0 uh, at the break and Josh Windass opening the scoring. Um, in the 52nd minute, he added a second then, Michael Smith putting him through in the 65th. Newcastle did get one back, Bruno Guimaraes with the goal there, uh, 20 minutes from time. But Sheffield Wednesday hanging on to record a famous victory at Hillsborough. After the game, Darren Moore telling Radio Sheffield, everyone played their part tonight, we'll enjoy the win, and I'm really pleased we weren't going to sit back. Darren Moore saying he went to watch Newcastle against Leeds in the Premier League last uh, the week prior. Uh, he'd not seen much of the Premier League this season. Um, thought the players carried it out excellently in terms of getting up the pitch. Josh obviously will get the headlines. He was His first was a fox-in-the-box finish. Second was a classed finish. Um, well, George, we've obviously not spoken Sheffield Wednesday since we are at the Hallam game a while back. Um, where do we start? I mean... We could talk about the 5 and we we didn't think Sheffield Wednesday fans would enjoy it even more after a 5-0 victory at Hillsborough. Only to go and beat third in the Premier League, Newcastle United in the FA Cup. I mean, unbelievable past week and a half or so for Sheffield Wednesday. It's been absolutely fantastic, Adders, and I must admit, like, from a Wednesday fan's perspective, we haven't had many times of, like, I don't know, the, the feeling... That final whistle on Saturday against Newcastle was just something else, really. It's been a long time since I felt like that. Maybe even back to the Arsenal game. It's just in the in the League Cup all those yeah. years ago. Yeah, when we beat them three 0 at home, it's, it, it was a very similar, weirdly a similar atmosphere. Like all the way back then, we had a sold out crowd mm. playing good football under Chancery, you know, in that first year. And now we're at a stage where we're in League One. We are up there, third. But we're not playing as good football as you'd probably imagine in mm -hmm. League One. But you, you, t you get a big team like Newcastle, come to Hillsborough. I expected more fans than there was. You know, mm -hmm. there was only 21,000 Wednesday fans there, which is... Only. Well, I suppose, yeah, but it's one of them. For a club like Sheffield Wednesday, though, I, I get where you're coming from. You should be trying to get a, a good... I don't think it of... helped that it were on BBC. Like, as deft as it sounds, yeah. because I think that I'd have... Like my dad, he watched it with my granddad... Mm. Um, but I think if it wasn't on the BBC, I think we would have probably been looking at a few more in the ground. But as the game itself, I thought was a very good performance from Wednesday, from start to finish. In the first half, we didn't let Newcastle have as much of. Well, they had a lot of the ball. They saw a lot of the ball. Mm. Sixty-nine percent possession to our thirty-one. Um, 
So it was an interesting first half, but we seem to just ease them out a little bit. They had a few half chances, that Isaac header in the first half. Mm. Obviously, Dawson made a very good save. Going into the second half, again, I think Wednesday more or less hit on the front foot and took it to Newcastle, which is exactly what they should have done. But I don't think anyone saw the result coming, No, if I'm being honest. I mean, we were predicting it um, on our Facebook group chat, us lads, um, as we do for, for all the predictions on this show when we're not doing shows. And we all we all said Wednesday. I, I did say 3-1 Newcastle. So I did think Wednesday would get a goal, but there were, there were a 2-0 and a 3-0 Newcastle as well. So as you say, no one thought that, that Wednesday would pull off what they did. And we have to... I mean, you could, we can look back now with rose-tinted glasses and think, well, maybe we should have seen it coming because, I mean, we look at look at the two previous league games. Okay, 2-0 against Port Vale on that Thursday night it was. Um, but then 5-0 against Cambridge. Okay, it's a bit flattering because of, obviously, what happened with, with Cambridge having so many injured. But we look at Josh Windass now and there was all this... In fact, let, before before we start, let's, let's touch on this because I, th- I think it's worth touching on. Josh Windass, there's been a lot of talk in in recent weeks um, about the fact he's not been celebrating his goals. Where do you stand on it? Well, obviously, I think him and his dad have a running joke about you're not allowed to score goals. Celebrate goals. Obviously, he's allowed to score goals. Yeah. But you're not allowed to celebrate goals in League One. Now, look, I think Windass, since he came to Hillsborough, he's been good, but he hasn't been, like, outstanding. But... I do sort of understand where he's coming from with that because Josh Windass has scored in the old firm derby for Rangers all them years ago. That's a big stage for him. 52,000 in Ibrox he scored that in front of. Yeah. He's then going down to League One and playing, obviously, teams like Cambridge. Like you, That's where he got his hat-trick. But I must admit, if I'd have scored a hat-trick in, in front of the Hillsborough Cup, mm. I'd have gone celebrating like a madman. But I do understand it from his perspective that maybe... There's a little thing, obviously. His dad, big goal scorer, wherever he went, he was a good goal scorer. I wonder if his dad celebrated in League One. Did his dad play in League One, do you know? Yeah. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head now. I don't know if Hull City were down there at that point. Sort of. Um, well, we'll have to look it up in, with the statisticians. Obviously, there was a, a mention before that Cambridge game because one of the... Uh, one of the Wednesday family had um, had passed away. I can't I can't remember her, her name off the top of my head now. Yeah. Um. But she'd passed away uh, mm. before the get before the game had taken place. So maybe that might have sort of as as a mark of respect, shall we say? Yeah. Um. What I do want to touch on though is Josh Windass, who's been who forget the fact that he's not been celebrating. He's in absolutely red hot form at the minute. I mean, five goals in his last two games. Michael Smith, he got four in in the previous two league games. You have to say that despite Lee Gregory, who's coming just coming back from an injury, Sheffield Wednesday are absolutely lethal in front of goal at the moment. Yeah, they are. And we were saying earlier in the season about how we were like there was a lack of scoring goals in a lot of the games. Now it's all of a sudden flipped. We look like a good solid League One side up top. Josh Windass, I would say, is a championship player. As far as I'm concerned, he stepped down with Wednesday when we came down to play for us, because we signed him for five hundred thousand when we were in the championship. So he's obviously not a, he obviously not a bad player. That was a Gary Monk signing as well. Um, but no, I, I think we're looking good. Michael Smith is obviously he was a new he's a Newcastle fan. He played out of his skin on Saturday with that assist to Josh Windass as well in the second half. He's again a very top-end League One striker. A lot of goals last season with Rotherham. He was the top scorer when Rotherham went down in the Championship when we went down. He's obviously got something about him and they're going to notch in goals. And obviously, like you were saying about Gregory, he's... I'm, I'm pretty sure Gregory kept, got injured on boxing down, but I haven't heard an update on Gregory. But it's a good opportunity for players like Michael Smith and Josh Windass to step up and start putting goals away for us. And they obviously have been doing. Um... Switching from from attack to defence, and we talk about how good Josh Windass and Michael Smith were, and frankly, all the Sheffield Wednesday players were on Saturday. Cameron Dawson was absolutely incredible. Oh, without a doubt, and Cam's done really well because he had that all that disappointment of 
being the number two to David Stockdale, he came back in the summer probably thinking that he might be number one, having had a great season with Exeter going up in the champion in the championship, going up from League Two to League One. Um he had that confidence behind him. He maybe thought that more will give him more of a start. Mm. But then we go out and sign David Stockdale. Now, as much as I like David Stockdale as a keeper, at the minute, Cameron Dawson is looking hot favourite for number one, definitely. I always thought that Stockdale was a strange sign in the summer, having had Westwood a few years ago. Very similar age, probably a very similar... Well, maybe not similar wage, because Westwood was a big earner. But no, as you were saying, Dawson, he looks like he's full of confidence. Like on Saturday, he's... I don't know if you saw him at the full-time whistle, but it was just raw celebration from him. Like just Because he's a Wednesday fan, isn't he, as well? So it, it means a lot to him to play in a game like that in front of Hill, his, at Hillsborough. It's, um, no, it's a real credit to him, I think. And we we mentioned how, how much he's celebrated. Obviously, what were your emotions and celebrations like at that final whistle on Saturday? Oh, they're absolutely buzzing. Like, you know, it's... Um, it's not very often that we get a, a a time like that at Hillsborough, where um, where everything just seems to go right. Everything's just working for us. Everything's clicking, and the referee must have tried to do his best to let it, Newcastle equalise. I think he had it on about ninety eight, ninety nine minutes in the end, and just calling out for that ref's whistle. And when he blew it, well, people around me were like hugging each other, things like that. And it's, it's weird to say, like, obviously a few years ago we played Newcastle in Championship and there was nothing like that. It was more like a, another game. But now, given their third in the Premier League, which I found astonishing when I found that out the other day, I hadn't looked where Newcastle were in the league before. For some reason, normally I do. But I thought, oh, it's Newcastle. I think this is a big game. You know, under Eddie Howe playing really good football. And they've got some outstanding players. But no, I've, I think it was more about the almost like a passion side of things for Wednesday and Saturday. And the crowd replicated that, I thought. Well, we shall see. In terms of, in terms of, in terms of Sheffield Wednesday then, uh, before we move on, this New Year period, because we were, we were talking at, at Sandy Gate a few weeks ago about it's been, it's been a good, good Christmas period for Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, that unbeaten run is still ongoing that we were touching. I think there's more clean sheets now than than anyone else in the division. And you ended 2022 with, I think I think you were you were fourth in terms of out of the 92 clubs in the whole calendar year in terms of points earned. Yeah. This is behind Arsenal, Man City, and I believe Newcastle as well, or it might have been Liverpool, one of the two. Sheffield Wednesday, fourth out of the 92 in terms of points per game. That's in... Th- that's mind-boggling, and it just shows, I think, and this is coming from a from a neutral point of view, just how well Sheffield Wednesday have responded. Because a lot of teams, after losing in the playoff semi-final, could go go to pot. Yeah, Wednesday have done pretty much exactly the opposite. Yeah, they have. It's um, it's it seemed to have been a different team really this season. I don't I don't know how in what way, but. We've just looked like good. We've looked consistent, and I think that's a key thing, obviously, to get promotion as well, is to be a consistent side, consistently performing. And as you're saying, that like, big names there: Arsenal, Man City, Newcastle. And if we're just underneath them, you know, we're doing really, really well because they're top quality sides. Darren Moore's a good manager for League One, and. You should expect him to get those points and get up the league. And luckily, at the minute, the performances are matching the points that we're earning. So, and it's Fleetwood in in round four of the FA Cup. Obviously, we'll touch on it in a couple of weeks when it, it is on the horizon. But that's it's a good draw for Sheffield Wednesday. But yeah, a little bit upset. It's it's not another big boy. Well. Not really, no, but weirdly enough, we've got Fleetwood the week before as well. On oh, the have Saturday. you now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know this because the Saturday, the, the week before is my birthday and then the week after is the FA Cup game. Ah. So it's a bit of a weird one because obviously we're going to have to play in one week 
see what they're like, and, and then, then the week again. after, they have to play them both again. at Hillsborough, are they? Yeah, both at Hillsborough, oh, both fantastic. three o'clocks, and we played them on Boxing Day. Lovely. Fantastic. Three well, times uh, in a month. We shall see how that goes. Um, but for now, that wraps up Sheffield Wednesday. You're home for United and Wednesday. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. You're with Football Forum, 28 minutes to six on this Wednesday evening. Much appreciating your company. Um, so a little bit of a change to the to the usual way the programme works this weekend. Um, and rather than doing both reviews, then both previews, we're focusing solely on Sheffield Wednesday for now. And uh, let's look ahead to this weekend's action, back to league action, and Wickham Wanderers away. Now, we remember what happened last season, towards the end of last season, Wickham against Wednesday, and there was some... Some housery, I think, is the the kindest way of putting it. From David Stockdale, by any chance? Quite, and he's now in the, in the net. opposition goal. Mm. Um, obviously, Wickham doing okay themselves, but Sheffield Wednesday, after results that came in the league, Wednesday now sits second, and the gap to Plymouth is closing. I thought we were in third still. I believe. No, I, we are in second. Correct I've just me if I'm wrong. Now. Yeah. I haven't looked at table in that long. No, it's... um, Yeah, could you repeat the question there, Joe? I've yeah. got a bit... So, you, so you're second. I'll just repeat that. Yeah. You are second in League One. Wow. Um, and Wickham Wanderers this weekend, optimistic? I would say so, especially, like, given the form that we're in at the minute. I think um, it'd be certainly... Certainly an opportunity to get a, another three points. We're taking a big away following, I think, 3,000 fans. So that's um, half of Wickham's main stand as well. Yeah. So they're in seventh, obviously, 38 points. We're in second, 52 points. Going into this, Wickham have lost one in their last five. So they're actually not in a bad run of form. Hmm. But... You'd, You'd, I would say you'd back Wednesday in that sort of situation, form-wise, and, and the res- recent results from us yeah. in comparison to that of Wickham. But then again, Wickham were in the playoff final last season for League One, so they're obviously no mugs. Mm. They've got Lewis Wing that we had last season, but I'm not sure if that's an advantage or not, yeah. because Lewis Wing was pretty poor. But with Sheffield Wednesday, as we were saying... The gap is closing to Plymouth. You've got a game in hand yeah. on Plymouth. You're only five points behind them now. You've got a, a two-point cushion on Ipswich. But like but like we're saying, Wickham, they are a, a win for them, and they're in the playoff picture. They're actually into yep. the playoff positions. Realistically, now Wednesday, and you, you've you been saying this all season, when you prefer Wednesday to be the chasers rather than being chased. I do, yeah. You're second, so you're in sort of both camps at the moment. How are you feeling that they're sitting second? It's sort of um, it's quite, it's quite nice to look at, but we will now be looking over his shoulder, and I think that could be our undoing. Obviously, Plymouth. I've said it from the start as well. I think they'll have a big drop off in the second half of the season. It's not particularly started yet, but I do think they have got it in them. We saw it last season when they went to literally the last game of the season. They were practically in the playoffs, yet lost 5-0 to the opposition. Hmm. I can't remember who the opposition MK were. MK Dons, I remember. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, 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 I remember that now, because they were in third. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember that happening. No, I, um, I think we're in a good position. I think we don't need to worry ourselves that much, given the Ipswich are behind us. But now I think it's about really chasing Plymouth and pressing on really putting the pressure on them well we shall see and funny enough that game in hand that you've got is just a small matter of a South Yorkshire derby against Barnsley that's uh, to come that's going to be rearranged but that'll be interesting um, before we let George go let's have a um, a look at the predictions for this weekend so as we say Sheffield Wednesday they're in second Wickham are in seventh um, give us your prediction George I'll do my predictions by the way um, with Chappers very shortly but uh, your prediction for Wickham against Wednesday I'm going to go with a 2-1 Wednesday win 2-1 Wednesday win you're confident um, yeah. while we've got you here um, Sheffield United against Stoke your prediction for that one okay 
Exactly. Uh, United currently sitting in in second themselves. Yep. Uh, Stoke, I have not got the foggiest at the moment. It's been a while since I checked the championship table. Stoke are 18th. Okay. I'm going to go for, after watching United the other day, I thought they were all right, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go for a 2-0 win against Stoke. 2-0 against Stoke. Um, don't worry about the wild card because we'll come up with that in a bit. Um, that is um, that is Wednesday all done and dusted. And um, evening, chappers. Welcome to the programme. Good evening. Nice to be here. Uh, sorry I'm late. No problem. Fashionably late. Fashionably late, but there's no problem with that. We're going to turn our attention from Sheffield Wednesday over to Sheffield United. We'll do that very shortly. You're home for the Blades and Owls. This is Football Forum. So plenty still on the way here on Football Forum. Sheffield United's on the way and we'll look ahead to to the draw for the fourth round of the FA Cup. So it's 22 minutes to six on this Wednesday evening. Much appreciating your company with Football Forum. So Chappers has joined us and we're going to talk Sheffield United now, Chappers, because, well, a a tricky trip to Millwall it was. The Blades got past the Lions at the fourth round stage back in 2020 and uh, we all know what that led to, didn't we? Uh, Anyone remember Cardin and Rediff that followed in round five? (laughs) Forgot about that. You did, you did. I didn't realise that, well, obviously I didn't forget about that, but I I didn't realise that was then. Yeah, and it was almost three years ago now in a couple wow. of weeks but uh, shows how time has flown let's just run you through all the action over the uh, the new year period for Sheffield United and well they've been on the road if Sheffield Wednesday have always been away Sheffield United uh, sorry if Wednesday have always been at home Sheffield United have always been away um, and a, a 2-1 victory away at Blackpool goals from Sanderberger and, and a lovely solo goal from James McAtee uh, before Marvin Ekpeteta got one back um, and then at QPR on uh, on the Monday, the bank holiday Monday after New Year, uh, Elias Chair putting uh, the R's in front, and then it took until the 96th minute for John Egan to uh, to stick one in the net. United taking a last gas point away from uh, from West London, and then South East London um, was the turn on Saturday for the FA Cup and goals from from Daniel Jebison and Jaden Bogle. Um, sealing a 2-0 victory for the Blades there. Um, Paul Heckenbottom telling Radio Sheffield after the game, we're a good with and without the ball from the first minute to the last. When you limit a good team like Millwall to one shot on target, you know you're doing something right. Should have had more with the chances we had, but not only did we not concede, we had efforts on goal, which tells the whole story, really. We were strong and brave going forward. So at this point, um, we're going to insert in the edit... um, the moment that we all remember when we associate Daniel Jebison with this programme. Jebison! Oh, it's a great finish! And, um, well, chap... It's been a while since we've heard that. It is. It is indeed. In fact, Everton in the Premier League was the last uh, last time we heard that. Sheffield United then, and um, a bit of a mixed bag, but let's start with Saturday, uh, most importantly. And pretty comfortable. Um, and Sheffield United through to, uh, to round four of the FA Cup. What did you make of it? Yeah, it um, seemed like a really convincing performance, actually, a really convincing victory. Um, it, and really, in complete contrast to the performance away at QPR, where I I actually thought we were pretty poor for most of that, apart from a good first 10 minutes, and then we went sloppy and gifted a goal and just didn't really get going in that game. But, you know, Millwall game, uh, out of the traps pretty quickly. Um, and, and from the bits that I saw, it looked like we were kind of suffocating Millwall a little bit really weren't really allowing them to play um, put a good stamp on the game and, and we got the two goals in the first half which uh, as many Sheffield United fans know is, is pretty unusual we don't really do that much in the first half um, of, a, of a game in fact I think I've said on this programme before that uh, me and the, the blokes around me generally at, at Bramall Lane generally uh, well we have a bit of a joke with each other that we're not going to start well we're going to start turning up at four o'clock rather than three o'clock because that's <laughs> when United start playing so it's pretty unusual that we get um, two goals in the first half but two very well taken goals first one Daniel Jebison who I thought 
had a, an excellent cameo against QPR on, on a week last Monday. Um, I thought thought he gave the, the QPR players a little bit of something different to think about. Um, Billy Sharp had seemed a little bit isolated. Well, and in Jai, actually, for a lot of that game. Um, but Sharp, in particular, looked a little bit isolated in, in the QPR game. Uh, and I thought he was very good when he came on um, away at Loftus Road. And then on uh, on Saturday, you know, earned his reward. OK, maybe it was part of a rotation team, but, you know, earned his reward to, to get that start. And I thought he played excellently and a, a very well-taken goal near post. Um, you know, a lot of players would probably try and go across the uh, across the keeper there, um, but a nice composed finish to to stick it near post. Uh, and then Jaden Bogle, okay, yeah, a little bit lucky with the uh, with the deflection, but you know it's great work in the build up by Illiman and Jai. He's he's actually embarrassed Charlie Cresswell there. You know, if I were Cresswell, I probably won't play football again after that because he's he's not made him look one, uh, daft once. He's made him look daft twice in the space of about five seconds, which is pretty impressive, really. Um, it, it kind of rem- reminiscent of uh, David Brooks up against Jack Hunt uh, back at Hillsborough in, in we that all famous victory. That. Made him look very, very silly um, that day. Um, but yeah, great assist, great work from Njai down that right hand side. As, as we're so used to seeing now, um, just got that ability to just glide past players and, and leave them just sat down. Um, so effortless. He's a little bit, you know, him and Sander Berger are, are quite similar in doing that. Berger has that ability to to really make players just, you know, brush them off and, and pretend they're not even there. And Jai does it in a slightly different way in that he'll generally take it past three, four or five players uh, with ease. But, you know, a great assist from him. And, uh, you know, Bogle in the right place, right time. Um, like I say, via a deflection, but they all count. And uh, to the fact he's in that position in the first place shows the kind of player that he is. Um, so, yeah, and then second half could have, should have, uh, maybe had more. Billy Sharp had a good opportunity um, after, I think it was Ender Stevens floated one over the top, takes it around the keeper, but, you know, Jake Cooper, obviously, who else would it be on the line? Of course. Um, to, to get in the way of that. So, could have, should have had more. Um, Millwall missed a couple of big chances themselves, especially in the second. Well, actually, right at the end of the first half from Tom, Tom Bradshaw, could say from Davis, but the one in the second half, um, I can't remember the chap's name. I think he's German, is he? Uh, Adam Oxley said he had one of the best, oh, uh, best sounding names in football. Yes. I can't remember um, off the top of my head. No, I, say, I can't yeah. remember either. But, we'll uh, come back Vol- to it. Uh, Andreas Volks, Vol- Vol- Sammer. In, good luck, yes. Um, Unbelievable pronunciation yes, here. Uh, he had a good chance and, and dragged that wide from about you know eight, ten yards out. So, But, you know, United saw the game out well and a comfortable performance and you know a, a good reward for a, a really good first-half performance. And... Uh, into the hat for the next round and a very interesting tie. Um, it's the first one in quite a few years where I've actually gone, do you know what, that's quite a good tie. We usually get pretty dreadful ones like Millwall. We um, are going to come back to that shortly. I just want to bring George back in while I'm at it because I forgot to mention this talking Sheffield Wednesday, but it does link in, the pair of you. Um, because what I was going to talk next is about Raider Kadra. Obviously, he's gone back mm. to Brighton and signed with Birmingham City. That's one lone player going. I wanted to bring George back in because I forgot to mention Mark McGuinness. Um very quickly, what's the latest we know, the scenario regarding Mark McGuinness and your opinion on, on what... It, there's potential that he could be staying until the end of the season. Um, there were, there, it, it ran, supposedly, the Cardiff were going to recall him after the, the Newcastle game, but because they've now paid the first instalment of the Emiliano Sala um, debt to Nantes, um, their embargo's been lifted, so... Um, there's potential that will they will bring him back, or maybe they won't, and they're allowed to sign someone. Um, you're frantically looking through your phone. I think that's where we're up to. What do you make of the whole situation, though? Well, it's bringing a tear to my eye at the thought that Mark McGuinness might leave the club <laughs> to head back to his native Cardiff City. Um, as f- I'm just reading Alex Miller on his latest article, and yep. he says he trained with the Owls yesterday. But as of Wednesday afternoon, there was no further indication on his future. Right. Now, I'm getting loads... There's loads of mixed stories coming out. There's stories that he was only originally on a six-month loan. That's one. He's going back. That's two. He's staying. That's three. And Cardiff aren't able to recall him because of some financial fair play, which they have now cleared. Yes. So, I... Look, I'm not being funny, but there will be... Better, there will be equally as good centre-halves of the age of around 21, 20 in the championship that are yet to be found. 
Mm. I personally think we've got one that's very similar in Kieran Brennan, who's currently out on loan somewhere else. Swindon, mm. isn't he? I think it is Swindon, yeah, yeah. Because last season we had a lad called Jordan Story play for us. Now, Story was almost identical to McGuinness, except McGuinness wins more headers. Mm. Kieran Brennan, I've always thought, was a very similar player to Jordan Story, but Brennan was probably a bit young at that point, a bit sort of, I don't wet know. Wet round the ears. Wet, a bit wet round the ears. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that saying means. Neither but do I. A bit naive is right. what it means. Yeah. Bit, he, bit young and naive. He weren't very uh, wise in a way. He's a bit similar to how Liam Shaw was when he was at the club. Mm. Obviously, he had bags of potential and he's now wasted it. Um <laughs> Mm. Mark McGuinness, on the other hand, I think um, he looks like he's been playing at that level for years on end, yet he's younger than me. Which so is a, a frightening thing to think about. It is about. horrible to think about. Especially in our position, as, yeah. as a couple of years senior. But no, I think what Wednesday would be best off doing is, if McGuinness does go... Is look around the championship, have a have a sniff around, see if there's any young centre halves willing to drop down, because we will find another gem like Mark McGuinness, because he's got a big future ahead of him. I was saying this to my mates; he, he's very similar to, like, obviously when United were back in League One and they found the likes of, um, I'm going to say Basham off the top of my head. Well, is that yeah, right? Basham? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, came from like, Blackpool. The young sort of centre halves that played under Wilder. And I remember watching way back when, and he's a very similar player. Just like Absolutely. wins everything in the air, very hungry for it. So it'd be it'd be rubbish to lose him, but that's football, isn't it? You, you can't rely on just one player. You've got to have a big squad. Obviously, all our centre halves are out injured, so mm. we could do with him not going back. But you never know, dear. We shall see. So apologies, United fans. Back to United. I did just forget that, and I needed to get that uh, discussed. Raider Kadra, we know, definitely has gone back to Brighton. He's already signed with Birmingham City, Chappers. Yes. From what I've been... And I've been getting in the neck from my brother, who loves loved the player. Um, and there was talk about that he was never given a chance. I've always considered it, looking at this from a neutral point of view, that, that Raider Kadra is, is a winger... But Sheffield United don't play a system that involves wingers. What have you made with the whole scenario? Yeah, he's just uh, one of those plays that one of those deals that hasn't worked out, um, and which is a real shame actually. Because I thought, you know, when he came in, I was really excited to to have him in the in the building after um, seeing him a couple of times playing for Blackburn last season and, and witnessing him firsthand. Um, how he played against us for Blackburn last season and, and really made life difficult for us. Okay, he missed a penalty at home uh, at Bramall Lane, but you know he was a very lively player and, and caused us a, a few issues. And I'm pretty sure he scored in the in the game at Ewood Park. Um, you know, I was really excited to have him in the door. But you know, there's been a few Sheffield United transfers that just haven't worked out. People like Luke Freeman, um, who for one reason or another just either don't fit the system or you know, just just haven't, I don't know, settled, haven't gelled with the squad. I, I don't know what it is. But equally, I think it, within that, I think there's a an element of him just not getting the opportunities to play. Um, you know, uh, the majority of his appearances have um, have come from the bench. It, in the early part of the season, he was covering in, in places that, um, you know, are unnatural to him uh, when we had, you know, Baldock and Bogle both out. And and Stevens and Lowe as well, you know, was covering left wing back, um, and and right wing back, and it, you know, it, it just wasn't working for him. But I, I don't actually think he's started. I think he's only started a couple of games for us. The rest of them have, have been from the bench. So, you know, it's just not, just not worked for him. Disappointingly for him, it's just not worked, and disappointingly for us. But, you know, hopefully it means we can bring in somebody else. I think we, I think we need a striker really. Um, my concern is that we are pretty thin on the ground in strikers. We keep getting told Ollie McBurney's not far away, this, that and the other, but we've heard that before with other players when they're not far away and then they turn out to be out for four months. So um, we're not, as fans, we're not sure what the situation is there. Hopefully we'll be back maybe even the weekend, perhaps the, the game after against uh, Hull. Mm. But I think, you know, if we're going to reinvest that the, the, the money we were paying on Kadra, um, anywhere I think it would be in an attacking player but you know it's always it tends to be a little bit more difficult to bring um, 
players in, especially attacking players, goal-scoring players um, in January because if they're scoring goals and the players we want, then generally they're going to be players that parent clubs want to keep if they're scoring goals. So, you know, it's a little bit tricky and obviously I don't envy the task of people like Paul Heckingbottom and, and the board and the scouting system to try and bring somebody in. But, um, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, disappointing that he's gone back. Disappointing it's not worked out. But hopefully we, it means we can bring somebody else in. And let's just cast the minds back to uh, to the start of the new year, that the QPR game. This is prior to your, your numerous, countless appearances on Radio Sheffield. Yes. Um, getting more getting more appearances on there than you are here at the moment so uh we'll have to we'll have to sort some payment out um but what we do need to talk about is well the the forward message that i got from you um last week when talking about this qpr game the lot went up obviously a 96th minute (laughs) equalizer uh down in west london on a monday night when it's absolutely freezing um i mean how drenched we i'm obviously it wasn't well, I can't even. I can't imagine it was champagne. You might as well have been spraying champagne after that kind of game. But yeah, how drenched were you after that game with that last-minute equaliser? Uh, well, not very, because obviously, don't forget the ridiculous rules in British stadiums that you're not allowed to take bites ah, of anything of in, in the stands. I, I so uh, not very wet, and it wasn't raining either. So, but it was pretty cold. Um, but yeah, I think John Egan summed it up really uh, in his post-match interview by saying, "If you can't win, then don't lose." And uh, like I said about ten minutes ago. I'd, genuinely thought we were pretty terrible i didn't think it was a great game and to be fair i didn't think qpr were all that either um i I think i tweeted this on the night where you know sheffield united very rarely concede goals where i think do you know what fair play he's absolutely you know oh they've carved us open there it's a really good goal to score um you know very rarely does that happen it's always stupid goals that we concede and it was the same on on that bank holiday monday where egan i don't even know what he's trying to do to be honest but you know gives the ball away and then it's a deflection off egan which wrong foots wears so a bit of a comedy of errors all around really but um after that i didn't think neither us or qpr were, were great value for anything to be honest um but you know last 10ish minutes i thought we were knocking a little bit more on the door we, we were seeing a lot more of the ball getting it into the box. Nothing seemed to be quite dropping um, for us. I don't really remember a chance where I thought, oh, I can't believe that's not gone in or what a great save or anything like that. Um, but, you know, drops in the right place, right time. Egan's there, swings a boot at it. Takes another deflection, probably wrong foots the keeper slightly. But, you know, they all count, don't they? And that away end uh, did go up uh, pretty comfortably, actually. Um, and it was it was nice to start that long journey back. Um with a draw rather than a defeat, I didn't get home until two o'clock on that Tuesday morning. Oh, uh, so that was uh, that was good fun. But yeah, a draw made it worth it, and uh, I think it would have been a lot harder um, had we have lost that game. Quite. Uh, so that is Sheffield United and the new year period regarding them. We'll touch on Sheffield United and we'll look ahead to their game against Stoke very shortly. But as soon as the Chappers has joined us, um, let's run through a lot of game. Um, as I try and um, signal, we are going to run through all the uh, the action from across the New Year period um, around the region. A lengthy local roundup for Chappers. Yeah, absolutely, a lengthy one indeed. I'll try and not uh, bore you too much. I'll just try and briefly run through the results. But we, as always, we're going to start in the Championship. We're going to start with Rotherham United, and uh, and they are a team a bit in free fall at the moment. They've not won a game. Uh, since they actually beat us at Bramall Lane which was last year uh, the 8th of November uh, their terrible run form continues um, most recently uh, in the FA Cup where they were dumped out in the third round stage by Ipswich Town 4-1 away uh, at Ipswich there Cameron Humphreys, Connor Chaplin former Red Freddie Ladapo and Wes Burns uh, on the score sheet there Connor Washington uh, did equalise uh, at one all um, from the penalty spot just after the half time break um, but not enough, and uh, like I said, Rotherham went on to pretty comfortably lose that game. But in the league, they're doing just as badly. They lost 3-0 away, uh, away at Millwall and 2-0 away at um, Huddersfield Town in their most recent two league fixtures. Rotherham currently flirting with the relegation zone after having a great start under Paul Warren, but obviously that uh, has long since changed. They're 21st in the championship table. Moving down into League One, Barnsley were looking on a really good run, but uh, have seemed to have stuttered, uh, stuttered slightly. Um, they have lost their last two games. First of all, losing in the FA Cup away at Derby County. Uh, James Collins, Tom Barkhausen and Jason Knight 
Uh, all three goals coming in the second half of that game, I believe, uh, at the... I don't even know what it's called anymore. It's not Pride Park, is it? I don't even know what it's called. I nowadays. think it is. Well, it's either the iPro Stadium or Pride Park. Uh, well, wherever anyway. they are. But anyway, dumped out of the uh, cup at the third round stage and they lost their League One game before that uh, at home to Bolton Wanderers. That wasn't helped by uh, Meds Anderson getting sent off in the 11th minute um, before... Uh, but giving gifting a penalty uh, Bolton won that game 3-0 Barnsley currently still in the uh, in the playoffs in League One uh, on they're in sixth position with two games in hand on Wickham below them uh, staying uh, sorry moving down into League Two Donny Rovers well they are one of the most inconsistent teams probably in the league at the moment uh, in their last five games they've won three and lost two so uh, they seem to fluctuate between whether they're good or bad uh, but in their most recent game in the league at the weekend they lost 1-0 away at Leighton Orient. Theo Archibald, who I think actually used to play for Donny Rovers uh, in a previous uh, previous life, scoring the game's only goal there. Uh, but previous to that, Donny did win at home against Carlisle United, 2-1 uh, in that game. Rovers currently sitting 10th in the League 2 table. They are one point out of the playoffs, uh, but they have played a game more than Salford, who are currently 7th in the League 2 table. Finally, moving down into the National League and Chesterfield, well, they had an absolute thrilling game uh, in the FA Cup at the weekend. 3-3 at home to Championship West Brom. Uh, Brandon Thomas-Asante in the second minute opened the scoring for the visitors, uh, but Tyron Williams levelled it up in the eighth minute. That was before our um, Carlin Grant restored the baggies lead uh, well, in the 17th minute. But that was uh, before Armando Dobra scoring two uh, in the 36th and the 41st minute to give Chesterfield a 3-2 lead in that game. And it was heartbreak right at the end when Brandon Thomas-Asante got his second and West Brom's third of the game to level things up and take it to a replay at the Hornthorns. Um, it has come out that uh, it, uh, Brandon Thomas-Asante has received retrospective action for an elbow. I think it was on um, Jeff King. Jeff King. Uh, so he has received retrospective action for that. But uh, Spyrites fans, probably not much uh, solace, really. Uh, he shouldn't have been on the pitch when he equalised. But anyway, that's beyond the point. Uh, that does mean that uh, Chesterfield's game against Wildstone uh, has been postponed. Uh, well, that doesn't mean it's, it's because of a waterlogged pitch. Anyway, uh, and finally, Hallam, well, they've not played in a, a wee while because they had uh, their game at Albion Sports postponed. I think that was also due to a waterlogged pitch it was. on the Bank Holiday Monday. And that is your local roundup. Lovely stuff, chappers. Um, yes, so uh, Hallam back in action this weekend, just to run you through who's taking place. Uh, Rotherham have got Blackburn at home, lunchtime kickoff. Uh, tar. Um, Charlton against Barnsley, Crawley against Donny, Hallam back in action, they've got Emily. Um, right, plenty still on the way on Football Forum. We're going to turn to United. We'll do that in a second. Joseph, Josh and Connor. This is Football Forum, only on Spotify. You're with Football Forum, 6 o'clock on this Wednesday evening. Um, before we do touch on United, uh, fourth round draws being made. Obviously, we know uh, Sheffield United have got Wrexham, as you were mentioning earlier, Chappers. Um, we've mentioned that Sheffield Wednesday hosting Fleetwood in a couple of weeks, the week after they play Fleetwood again in the league. Um, Chesterfield, if they can beat West Brom, they play the winners of Bristol City or Swansea. Anything else from that that stands out that we like the look of? Oh, um, do you know what? I can't remember the draw. Bear with me one second, because I uh, saw it on Twitter earlier. Let's have a look at these. Well, I can, I can run you through the draw. Oh, I've got you, it here. Oh, you got it. There we go. Uh, Preston Tottenham could be a, a, a decent game. Um, there's a couple of uh, League Two and bigger, higher league games in there somewhere. Uh, Walsall, Leicester City. Leicester, obviously, uh, beating Gillingham at the weekend. Mm. Not, you know, not... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Not convincingly. I, yeah. I did I did watch the game and I didn't think they were anything special. It was a much changed Leicester side, but still, I didn't think they were overly convincing against Gillingham at the weekend. Uh, Wednesday against Fleetwood, uh, George, that is that is about as boring a draw as you could possibly ask. Well, for, we've it? already mentioned it's this. All-time classic. All-time classic. Um, <laughs> and, well, Boreham Ward against Accrington. Our football forum... Uh, team in the FA Cup this year, Boreham Wood made it past the second round, and now they've made it past. Well, they nearly, nearly, have, nearly made it past the third round. Um, of course, that could be a good game because obviously they're they're facing up. Well, they're drawn against either Cardiff or Leeds if if they get through. Yes, I, I was so annoyed. I thought they bloody won. Leeds. No, Who, Cardiff. No, Boreham Wood. I thought no, they, thought they drew Wood. one all. Didn't one they? all. Yeah. Oh, they they leveled it up, didn't they? Uh, Boreham Wood. I think they yes, came from behind. They did. But oh. yeah, I, w- I watched that Cardiff Leeds game and. 
So bloody annoying. Leeds have got such a habit at the minute of scoring late goals when it really counts to get them results, and it's really annoying. Because I thought Cardiff were more than good value, actually, yeah. um, in that game. I thought Leeds were pretty terrible, especially first half. Became alive a little bit second half, but first half they were really poor. So, you know, there's a few tidy ties in there, but I'm really excited for, for our game against Wrexham. Um, my one worry is that we lose it. We <laughs> that's, shall that's my concern. see. That's in a few weeks' time. End of January, we'll have uh, all the reaction from those games here on Football Forum. Touching on United for the here and now, though, it's Stoke on Saturday, Chappers, and... Uh, well, we know my reaction because it was on the program a couple of a couple of seasons. I think it was last season actually. Um, my reaction to uh, playing Stoke um, wasn't the best impressed, but a defence for Stoke of Phil Jagielka and Aidan Flint. It's already got me interested, um, but United surely should be in pole position um, when they're chasing down Burnley. You certainly hope so. Um... Especially at home, obviously earlier in the season we did not cover ourselves in glory when we travelled to Stoke. In fact, we were it's probably one of the worst performances of the season, to be honest. Um, I, I don't know quite what it was. I don't know if we got the team wrong. Incidentally, that was one of the only times that Kadra started a game. Just uh, just to let you all know, I don't know if that paid into uh, anything. But uh, it was also James McAtee played. I think we were struggling for injuries, and it was a James McAtee kind of pre him. Um, getting his feet although he did get an assist actually for Ian Brewster's goal so I, w- I will give him that so hopefully you know this time around we'll be a lot better um, we'll be a lot um, I don't know a lot more ruthless we, we just seem to play into Stoke's hands a little bit really in, in that last game where we just you know coming up against a, a, a back line of Jagielka and Wilmot neither of who are the quickest I mean you know Wilmot's fairly young but you know as a centre he's a quite a big lad Jaggy Elk is about 700 years old now and he's definitely not the quickest but they just mopped everything up really and uh, obviously Jaggy Elk has scored as well but mm. you know defensively they mopped everything up but I think that's because we played into their hands a little bit I think I, I don't know if we were just trying to play to feet or what it was but really we, we need to be trying to get players in behind and against those two um, you know it was one of the games that Rian Brewster started pre-injury um and we, I just don't think we played to the strengths that we have on the pitch. I think we needed to get in behind. And I was listening to the comment, uh, the commentary actually, and Carlos Saba was on Radio Sheffield, and, and he was saying that there's we against you know players like Jagielka who just haven't got the pace, especially when you've got people like Rian Brewster on the pitch. We need to be playing it down the channels. We need to be playing it into space so that we can try and get a run on him. Um, because if you just play it in the air. They're just going to mop it up every time. So hopefully this weekend will be a lot different. We've got a, a lot more players back uh, this time around. I mean, last time we had a we went to a back four because we were struggling that much defensively mm. of Kyron Gordon <laughs> right back, Basham and Egan and Norrington Davis. So um, it, it wasn't brilliant in that sense. So hopefully now we've got players back and arguably our strongest side. Um, we will go out and and do the business against a Stoke team who are really languishing down there obviously they beat Hartlepool in the cup at the weekend but probably not a great deal to shout about but before that they've lost 1-0 at home to Stoke and and 1-0 at home to Burnley okay Burnley top of the table but still they haven't won a game in the league since Bristol City and that was on the 17th of December so um, it's been it's been a while their form's not been great and we we really need to capitalise on that and and keep the pressure on Burnley well we shall see Um, Sheffield United then up against, we'll get into the predictions. Uh, Sheffield United in second, Stoke in 18th. We've already talked about your prediction earlier on, George. Um, I am going to go, I'm going to say a comfortable 2-0 victory for Sheffield United in this one at Bramall Lane. Chappers. Uh, yeah, I think we'll win as well. Um, th- I'm gonna, do you know what? I'm going to be confident and say 3-0, but I, that might be a little bit... Um naive of me but over exuberant yeah possibly um so three nil for chappers uh before we go your uh sheffield wednesday prediction they're at wickham oh okay um oh let me just have a look at wickham where are wickham in the table seventh a a victory against wednesday would take them into the playoffs okay well they've had they've been in quite a good form actually they've only lost one game since uh, since the 19th of November so that's pretty and, and that was a way at Plymouth so not the easiest place to go you know they've tied it up uh, against Peterborough recently 3-0 away 2-1 at home to Bristol Rovers um, so uh, we, we all know how Wickham like to play it's pretty anti-football sometimes um, certainly not Rob Staten's favourite team in the world are they exactly um, and their style of play so uh, ooh, it could be a good one this I'm going to say 2 all. 
two all um, between United and uh, no, sorry, Wednesday, Wednesday and Win and Wickham. Um, for me, with that one, I'm gonna back Wednesday. I'm gonna say a one nil. It'll just be a simple one nil, and then Wednesday can have all the housery they so wish. Um, just to update you before we get into the wild card, how the predictions have gone. Uh, because we've not had a show for a while, but we've done the predictions regardless. Um, the Blackpool and Port Vale, um, the sort of that uh, last Thursday after Christmas, uh, 17 points for myself in that game week, uh, 12 for Connor, and amazingly six for Chappers, but that was primarily because... I forgot one. No, you predicted, you chose Peterborough MK Dons. Oh, yeah. Um, and me and Connor both got it spot on, so ah. it was 10 points apiece for us. Brilliant. Um, so that's where that came from. Uh, the... QPR one, that was a disaster. You got no points. Yep. Um, and actually, you've had no points. You've had no points since that. Uh, I did forget one, though, didn't I? You forgot. Can't uh, which game it was. You forgot the whole game week for that one. So that explains was it QPR? why. The QPR one. Yeah, yes, never so. mind. Um, so, wild card time. Uh, well, it means that uh, scores on the doors are Connor's got 113, you've got 119. So oh, there's only okay. six points now. I'll take that. Um, and I'm on 164. So oh. I'm, uh, yes, yeah, quite. Um, right. Wild card time. It's up to you, Chappers. Um, your wild card for this weekend. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go into... I'm going to pick a championship game, I think. Championship. Um, and I'm going to pick... Oh, this might be quite a good one. Luton, West Brom. Luton, West Brom. So he's made the prediction. We have to predict it. George, Luton against West Brom. What are you going for? <coughs> Sounds like... No checking. No checking. That's the point. <laughs> Make the prediction. Do you want me to tell you where people are in the table? Well, we, we know we know how West Brom are playing. We know West Brom are playing well. And Luton, Luton are not okay. far behind them. So. All right. Go on, then. Um, I'm going to go for 1-1. 1-1 between Luton mm. and West Brom. I will say... That does actually sound quite interesting. Um, I'm going to say 2-1 West Brom. And Chappers, because you want to get half the points. Yeah, I'm going to say a Luton victory here. I think uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say 2-1 Luton. You're going to say 2-1 Luton. Right, that is about as far as we go for this week. Uh, before we do leave you, let's have a look at the tables. And uh, Sheffield United, they're second in the championship. 51 points, five back from Burnley, nine ahead of Blackburn in third. Sheffield Wednesday, they're also in second, 52 points, five behind Plymouth, two ahead of Ipswich in third. So uh, that's it for this evening. Thank you very much, chaps. So at the end of the day, Windass is the local hero. Newcastle, they're going home. From all the Football Forum team, thanks for your company. We're back next week, same time, same place. From all the team here, it's good night. You're home for United on Wednesday. This is Football Forum.